Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 104 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're just joining me, I am a weight loss coach for physicians. I help other physicians who struggle with stress eating find freedom from stress and binge eating without relying on willpower and with tools that are sustainable in their busy physician lives. Now, if that sounds like something you could benefit from, then check out my website. It's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. If you click on the work with me tab, it will give you information about the different ways you could work with me. I currently work with a limited number of clients privately, and then I also run a group program, which is amazing and I'm really excited about, called Stress Eating SOS. Now, currently with my private coaching, I am booking into January when I am recording this. It's the end of October, and the next Stress Eating SOS group will be starting in January. So if you are feeling like you might want help, Now's the time to go over and check it out and get on the waitlist for the group coaching or apply for a private coaching slot because they are going fairly quickly. If you put yourself on the waitlist for the group coaching, then you'll be one of the first to know once I have the date solidified and when we're getting closer. Plus, I have plans of offering a few little extra goodies to those people that are on that waitlist waiting for the program to open up again. So check it out, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab, and then you can either click on the private coaching or the group coaching tab to find out more. All right, today we are talking about decisions ahead of time. And I have to admit something, a little bit of a guilty secret is I'm kind of doing this topic because it's something I need to work on. So what I'm going to teach you today is why time spent planning and making decisions ahead of time is actually one of the best things you can do for your weight loss and your overall life. Time spent making decisions ahead of time makes all of the rest of your life run smoother with less effort. And we're going to talk about that. But the reason why I realized that this is what I needed to talk about today was I was out for a lunch with a friend who I meet every now and then to work on some goal setting. And I was talking to her about my own weight loss goal that I've been working on and what I needed to focus on to get it done. And one of the things was I know that if I just make my plans ahead of time and I write things down ahead of time, everything goes a lot smoother. I know that. I've been doing this long enough. And so she was asking me why I wasn't doing it. And I've got lots of reasons. We're going to talk about those reasons. Are they valid? No, not at all. They're just that my brain doesn't want to write things down and make plans ahead of time, especially when it gets stressed. And so we're going to talk about that because it honestly makes things smoother. It really helps with your ability to stick to a plan and it actually takes less energy. But a lot of us resist it. And I have resisted this for years and we'll talk about that. But I don't think the making decisions ahead of time is one of those things that you 100% have to do. I got this far without doing it very often. There's been different times in my weight loss journey that I've used this tool, but I haven't done it consistently. Instead, what I rely on 
is I tend to rely on just having a formula of how I eat. So I know the foods that I can eat as much as I feel I need to and the foods that I avoid altogether, except for really special occasions and the food that I just really limit. That's how I generally approach it. And it's worked for me. I lost 55 pounds. I've kept it off. I've been maintaining it and working on losing a little bit more. But if I have a big goal for myself, that's going to be the next level and pushing myself to get it done in my time frame. I'm going to probably have to amp up the tools that I'm using. And this is one of those tools that I know works that I just generally have not used because of various reasons, but also just that I didn't really feel I needed to. Now, the other reason why I thought today's topic would be good is I've started working through Sarah Smith's program called Charting Champions, which is, she's a coach. She was on the podcast a few months ago talking about how to get your charting done so you're not doing notes at night. And she has a program that I've signed up for working through your charting and getting your notes done efficiently and your days of the office running efficiently, which I love. But some of the stuff she was talking about in the talks I was listening to today were sort of making those decisions ahead of time for the office. Like, what time are you going to start? When does that mean you have to show up? All this sort of stuff. And it relates to so many areas of our life that I thought, okay, I should do this topic today for the podcast and talk about it for you guys to benefit. And then also for me to benefit from and remind myself why I also should be doing this. So if you've tried this and you're imperfect at it, that's totally fine. We're in the same boat. It's all good. So let's talk about what are the decisions that you would want to make ahead of time. So with regards to weight loss, the decisions that you generally would want to make ahead of time is what are you going to eat, when you are going to eat, and what other self-care activities are you going to do and when. Now, there's a wide variety on what this could look like. So the what are you going to eat? Like I said, for me, really, I have made decisions ahead of time. It's just that I make them in a more general sense, that I know that my meals generally consist of a vegetable, a protein, and a fat. And when I'm deciding the food I'm going to eat and deciding what to eat off a menu, I'm looking for those options. And that's worked for me. However, you can become more specific. So it can be instead of I'm just going to have something with some vegetables, a protein, and a fat. It can be tomorrow at lunch, I am eating the leftovers from dinner tonight of our butter chicken on cauliflower rice, which is actually what I have planned for tomorrow. You can get very specific. You can get specific to the point of I'm going to eat a cup of that, a cup of the butter chicken with cauliflower rice mixture. There's so many different ways you can do this, and I don't think there's a right way. I think it's about figuring out what helps you the most and what areas you need more help on. So for some people, portion control is an issue, so planning your portions might be helpful. Other people, it's more an issue with what you're eating if it's not planned, and so just planning what you're going to eat can be helpful. I think it is important to mention that the self-care planning is on this list too. And we just had a session about that, a, a podcast episode with Dr. Noel last week's episode about how important it is to do self-care. And if self-care is not planned, it goes to the bottom of the list. If we are not doing our self-care, we start to get more stressed. We start to get more burnt out. And then we are more prone to stress eating or overeating or deciding in that particular day you just don't care what you eat. So planning what you eat, important. Planning how much you're going to eat, important. Planning when you're going to eat, also important. But planning when you're going to do your self-care, I would say is even more important. Because if we don't plan that and we don't do that, then all the other stuff tends to crumble away. So don't forget that that's listed. 
The self-care is part of this pre-planning. Now, the question about when you will eat, this refers to are you eating traditional meals? Are you eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Or are you going to fast? And often that gets left up to the wind. And I'm totally guilty of this. I tend to do my longer fast based on how I'm feeling. So if I have a day where I feel just not really that hungry, I just keep going with my fast. And maybe for getting to a new goal that's not necessarily working for me. And so planning it out where I'm getting a set number of longer fasts in a week, which tends to work well for my body, I think is a good plan. When your fasts aren't planned, it can lead to some mental confusion where you're like, should I fast tomorrow? I don't know. Should I? I don't know. And that can kind of mess with your overall global plans. Let's talk about why would you do this? Especially if you're sitting here listening to this and your hackles are going up in the back of your neck and you're like, I don't want to plan stuff in advance. Totally been there. Still have days like that. But why would we want to then? Why when that's often our immediate response? What's the point of actually doing this? Well, number one is it reduces your decision fatigue. So we've talked about that lots on this podcast is that the energy it takes to make decisions in the moment is limited. So if you're making your food decisions moment by moment, you are using up decision-making power. And at some point you run out of that power during the day. And that is part of the reason why we often run into eating issues later in the afternoon and the evening is we've used up our decision-making capacity for what we're going to eat. Our brain is just tired of making decisions, so it goes with its default, which generally is not the healthy food. So by pre-planning, by taking a chunk of time one day to plan tomorrow's food or taking a chunk of time on the weekend to plan the week's food, however it works out for you, you are using decision-making power in that moment but you're saving decision-making power during those actual days when you're taking those actual actions. And that's when it matters the most. The second thing that decisions ahead of time give you is it's a more efficient use of your decision-making power. So it takes energy every time we try and switch tasks with our brains. So if I'm doing my work at the office and then I have to start thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch, that takes a bit of energy to switch. There's inefficiency with task switching in our brains. So I use a bit of energy to decide as I'm getting close to lunch, what am I going to eat for lunch? And then I have to task switch back to the work tasks. And then later in the day, I use some energy to think, am I going to have a snack today or not? And then I use some energy again later when I come home and I look in the fridge and I go, what am I making for dinner? So if nothing's planned out, I'm using that energy in a very inefficient manner versus if I just sit down and I do all of my planning for the next day all at once, or if I sit down and I do the week's meal plan all at once, it's a bit of a concentrated time, but it's a more efficient use of that decision-making power. So you can make those decisions without running quite as low on the decision-making power. It's kind of like if you were going to do some dishes and you got the sink full of warm water, the soap's all fresh, and you washed a couple dishes and you got pulled away, and then you came back And you had to kind of put in some more hot water again because water had cooled off and got another couple washed and then you got pulled away. That's like the inefficiency side versus if you just had that 10 minutes to just focus and get all the dishes done, your time is far more efficient. So the decision making ahead of time actually saves you time and energy the following day. And I like to think of this as like a gift to yourself because myself today doesn't want to sit down and plan my meals for tomorrow because it thinks it has better things to do. But myself tomorrow will totally appreciate 
that the meals are planned out and all I have to do is enact those plans. And maybe my lunch is even packed because when I was planning what I was going to eat tomorrow, I actually planned, okay, right after dinner, I'm going to pack up those leftovers so they're ready to go for lunch tomorrow. So it's like a gift I'm giving for myself tomorrow by doing a little bit of work today, but it's less work than if I left it for myself tomorrow to do. The third benefit of doing decisions ahead of time and pre-planning is you're using a different part of your brain to pre-plan. When you make food decisions in the moment, particularly if they're like a compelling food decision or something that isn't what you would feel is your healthiest food choices, what you're using is the more primitive parts of your brain. You're using those habit loops, the cue habit reward cycles where your brain sees something like something on a menu because you're eating out and thinks, oh, that's going to taste better than the salad I thought I should probably order, and then orders it and gets that benefit. That's more primitive part of your brain. Versus if the day before you're like, I'm going to be eating out at that business lunch tomorrow, and I know which restaurant we're going to, and I really like that salad, so I'm not even going to look at the menu. I'm just going to order that salad. That's using the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Now, the difference between the two is that the prefrontal cortex is able to look long-term. So it can look at your long-term goals and it can look at how you'll feel tomorrow after you eat something. However, the primitive part of your brain doesn't really think long-term at all. It thinks in the moment, it's looking for pleasure. It wants things done with the least amount of effort and all it's focusing on is the moment. So it's saying, yeah, eat this because it'll taste good, but it's not looking to see how you're going to feel in an hour, two hours or tomorrow morning after you eat that. It doesn't really care about it. It doesn't have the capacity to see that. So when you make decisions in the moment, you're using a part of your brain that can't see your long-term goals. And that's a problem when you really have some good long-term goals that you're working on. When you make decisions ahead of time, you are using the planning part of your brain that is aligned with your goals and your decisions you're making ahead of time are going to be more consistent with your goals. Benefit number four is food journaling becomes easier. So if you've been working on trying to record what you actually eat, which is also a good tool for weight loss. If you've actually pre-planned it and you've written down what you are going to eat, then all you have to do is just make adjustments. But if you really work on planning what you're going to eat and following through on it, then once you've planned, your food journaling is actually done because you just eat what you planned. So food journaling becomes really simple. I would say that still the places to journal, there's some areas you could add in is you can add in how you were feeling, what you were thinking, if you really wanted something else and you had to sit with that craving for the other food, making notes about that and how you did it, all those sorts of things are very useful information in a food journal. But your food journal doesn't have to take extra time for you to just write about what you actually eat. One way to think about the planning ahead of time with your food is you're just doing your food journal ahead of time. So you're doing your food journal first and then taking all the actions it takes to follow that food journal afterwards instead of taking all these food actions and then trying to keep track of it with a food journal. Food journaling becomes far more easy and it opens up that space for you to actually journal about the things that probably matter a bit more than just what you ate, like how you were feeling, what you'd slept like, how stressed you were, what you were thinking about a particular food when you ate it. All that stuff matters and gives you so much information for really figuring this out long term. So what I want to talk about, if it's so great, why don't we do it? So if this is such an amazing tool, why don't we do it? Why don't I do it is the question. And this is what my friend asked me at lunch is, okay, so why aren't you doing that? 
And I think there's different answers. And these are my own answers, but they're also the answers of the physicians I work with because this comes up a lot. And a lot of people have resistance to the idea of doing things, planning ahead of time. So the number one reason why people don't want to plan ahead of time is lack of spontaneity. It feels like if you plan your food ahead of time, you lose spontaneous options with your food. Now, I think that this, it's a thought error and probably a myth. If I plan something interesting tomorrow that I've never eaten and then I eat it tomorrow, does that mean it wasn't spontaneous? No, I'd say it's still kind of spontaneous. Or does it make it less interesting if I'd planned it ahead of time versus if I just stumbled upon it and chose to eat it? Not necessarily, because if I plan it ahead of time and I can think, oh, that's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that. I get to enjoy it essentially for 24 hours until it comes. So the spontaneity piece, I think, is actually a thought error where what our brain really wants is it wants to be able to eat anything that it wants, right? Like when we really boil it down, that primitive part of our brain just wants to eat all the things and it wants to not have any limits put on it. And that's fine, except like I talked about, that primitive part of your brain doesn't think long-term. It doesn't see your long-term goal. It doesn't see the health implications of eating everything that we ever wanted. I have tried the eating everything I ever wanted. And I can tell you, though my brain told me that I needed more spontaneity, it didn't actually make me feel more spontaneous. Like my life wasn't better when I was eating everything I ever wanted and not restricting myself in any way. In fact, my life probably felt a little less spontaneous because I felt trapped in these cycles of eating and not feeling in control and eating food that dragged me down. So then I'd feel sluggish from the food that I ate. So if your brain is offering, I don't want to plan because I like to be spontaneous, I would just question that. I think it's a thought error. It's our brains being a little bit manipulative because it knows we like the idea of spontaneity. And two, the other thing I would ask is, is food really the place you want to be spontaneous? Or is it that we're looking to be spontaneous with our food because we feel that we don't get to be spontaneous anywhere else? And if that's the case, could we look at other areas of our life and see if we could put a little bit of spontaneity in so we don't need to look for it from food? Because the problem with the spontaneity from food is it is short-lived. That burst you get from being spontaneous with your food happens when the food crosses your lips. It happens while the dopamine from that food is still in your brain, but that's just moments. And then that spontaneousness has passed. The enjoyment from the spontaneousness has gone away. And if that is happening instead of your long-term goals, it might not be a good enough trade. Ask yourself, which one's better? Reaching your long-term goals and having that satisfaction of knowing you got there or having moment-to-moment spontaneity with what you eat. Think about it and decide what really matters to you of how you want to think about that. Number two is restriction. And what this is, is often when we start thinking about pre-planning our food, we become a little perfectionistic. (laughs) We decide, okay, we're going to pre-plan our food and we're going to be so perfect and be so careful with the food that we've planned. But guess what? If you pre-plan something and you're not all that enthused about what it's going to be like to eat it, when it comes tomorrow and you're the one that has to eat it, you're not going to be all that enthused about eating it. And it's not going to feel very fun or spontaneous. It's going to feel a bit like drudgery. The restriction of planning our food in advance, I think, often comes from us wanting to be too careful, wanting to do too good of a job. So I always talk to people, if we're planning our food in advance, Let's plan it in a way that, again, it's a gift to ourselves. Plan food 
that the tomorrow version of yourself is actually going to really enjoy to eat. Plan food that when you wake up tomorrow and it's getting close to lunchtime, you can think, oh, great, I've got that delicious salad in my lunch kit that I get to eat for lunch. Versus, I always picture like the salad out of a bag with a dried chicken breast type salads that I ate for so many years when I thought I was trying to lose weight. But you know, that salad, whenever you think of eating it, I was always like, yay, I get to eat a boring salad with a dry chicken breast. So not a gift to myself and probably overly restrictive. Versus one of my favorite salads right now that I'm eating is a shrimp and goat cheese salad with a dill lemon vinaigrette. And so I get some nice baby greens, some tomatoes, some cucumber, put some fresh little baby shrimp and some goat cheese and a delicious dill dressing on it. And that is fantastic. There's very few things that I would say actually taste better than that. So I'm super happy to know that I'm eating that for a meal. There's no restriction about it, even though it's a salad and will help in my weight loss. So what you plan matters. Plan nicely when you're planning for yourself. Now, number three reason why we don't plan is that it feels like too much work. And I've touched base on this already, is that yes, it takes work in the moment, but it's saving you work and energy tomorrow. The use of the work that you do in the moment for planning is efficient and is actually an investment in your time that you'll get returns on the following day or the following week, depending how long you plan in advance. Too much work, if we're using that as an excuse to not plan, it just means we're doing that work tomorrow anyways, but we're doing it moment to moment when it's inefficient. It's far better to carve out 15 minutes to just sit down and plan a day or two, and you can get pretty quick at this when you're doing it, and then save the energy that you would have used tomorrow. So again, the thought that it's too much work is just a thought. You're doing the work anyways, it's just when you're doing it. It's shifting when that work is happening. And it's making it so it's actually less work when you look at it long-term. Reason number four that we don't pre-plan would be that we just forget to. So good intentions, you think, okay, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna pre-plan my meals tomorrow and then we just forget to actually do it. And I've got some tips to help you with that coming up. But basically you just have to figure out why it's important to you, why it matters, because if we don't have a good reason why we're doing this, it'll be so easy to forget. If you had a compelling reason, there's no way you would forget. It would just automatically happen. It would happen above everything else. So it's how we think about it that makes it easy to forget. If it's like, I have to meal plan. Well, that's going to be pretty easy to forget because you can tell just the way I'm thinking about it that my brain doesn't actually want to do it. So it's going to find ways to help me forget it. Versus if you think, you know what, I'm going to take five minutes to plan my meals for tomorrow so that tomorrow goes so much smoother. Well, that sounds a lot better and it makes it sound like it's something that matters and I'm far less likely to forget it and not get around to it with that thought. Now, let's talk about how to have pre-planning success. What are my tips to actually make this happen in your life? Number one is start now. And what I mean by that is when you finish this podcast or even pause this podcast, write down what you're going to eat for the next 24 hours. Don't do it later today. Don't do it tomorrow because then you fall into that. It's easy to forget category. So write it down. And you know what I did? I wrote out my outline for this podcast episode. And then I was like, okay, I actually need to plan my food for tomorrow before I record this podcast. So then I just opened up my planner, planned my food for tomorrow. It took me less than five minutes. And then I started recording the podcast. So just wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it now, not later. Pause this or as soon as it's finished, pull out whatever you're going to plan it in and do it. Tip number two is let it be imperfect. So 
planning ahead of time doesn't have to be in a pretty planner, beautiful journal, all multicolored felts and pens, which if you have issues with stationary supplies like I do is what your brain really wants it to look like. And you see stuff on Pinterest and Instagram about how lovely people's planners look. It has just as much value if it's scribbled on a crumpled receipt out of your pocket as it does if it's in a beautiful planner. It's got value if you just dictate it to your phone using Siri. You can do it so many different ways. You just have to find the way that works for you. And maybe it's going to look differently different days, depending on what your day is like, depending on what you have near. The big thing is you don't want to attach it to a specific way of doing it, such as it has to be in this planner or this book, and then forget the book. And then the days you forget the book, you don't do the planning. You want to be flexible in your approach so that no matter what happens, no matter where you are, you can still food plan. Number three, be nice when you plan. And I talked about this a little bit with the restriction, but actually plan things you want to eat. You can lose weight on food that tastes good, that you enjoy, that satisfies you so you are not hungry. It may take a bit of time for you to find those foods, but it is possible. And so find the foods, practice finding them so that when you're planning your meals, it's actually good food that you want to eat, that it attracts your taste buds. Now, to be fair, if you're making huge switches in what you eat, like if you've been eating a standard North American diet and you're switching to a lower carb diet, there are some taste bud things that have to happen. So if you're used to very sweet food or very carbohydrate rich food, it can take a little bit for your taste to adjust, but they do adjust over time. Within that, though, usually you can find food that you enjoy that sounds good and sounds appealing to you. And so Go with that initially. And then as time goes and as you get used to the way you're eating, your taste will shift. So when I first started lower carb, I found it mind boggling to have a day without bread. Now, if I eat bread, it's like so-so. It's okay, but it really doesn't hold the same pull. I don't get the same urge. Pasta is the same way for me. I used to love pasta. Big bowl of pasta with creamy sauce would be fantastic. Now it doesn't do the same things for me because my taste buds have changed. So if you're not there yet, that's okay. Just give it more time. Totally fine. But choose healthy foods that you actually want to eat. Be nice to your future self when you're doing this planning. Number four is link it to something you're already doing. And this speaks to the forgetting to do it part. Find something you're already doing that you can link the pre-planning of your food to. So that can be, some people do it when they're sitting down drinking their coffee in the morning. Some people do it right before they go to bed. I like to sit down with my planner in the morning and kind of review my day and make my to-do list. That's when I do it. There's so many different places, but if you link it to something you're already doing, it's far more likely to happen. And number five, along the same lines, is make it easy to do and easy to remember. So if you're using a particular planner for planning your food or a particular journal, and you're planning on doing it while you drink your coffee, then put the planner by the coffee machine. So when you walk in in the morning and you go to get your coffee, which is your habit and you know you're going to do, you see the planner, which is then a mental cue to you to sit down with it when you're drinking your coffee and actually plan your food. If that planner is not there, there's that possibility that you'll forget in that moment that you are going to be doing the planning while you drink your coffee. So you want it easy. What you need to do your planning is readily available. You don't have to rummage around and look for it. And you want it easy to remember so you actually see things that cue you to do this. All right, running through the tips for pre-planning success. Number one is start now, not later. Do it right away. Number two, let it be imperfect. It doesn't have to look all pretty. It can be messy and it can still be really powerful. 
Number three is be nice to yourself when you plan. Don't plan stuff you don't want to actually eat. Plan stuff that will work for your body that you actually enjoy or have a chance of enjoying. Number four is link it to something you're already doing to make the habit establishment easier. And number five is make it easy to remember and easy to do by setting yourself up with cues, by making the materials really easily available. All right, good luck with your pre-planning. Like I said, this is something I am actively working on because I haven't used it before, not consistently. So touch base with me. Tell me how it's going for you. My email is info at Weight Solutions for Physicians. I have planned my next 24 hours of food. I encourage you to stop and plan yours as soon as this episode is done. And if you are enjoying this podcast, remember to hit the subscribe button so you get all the new episodes. Remember, if you're contemplating some coaching, now's the time to check out the website and get on the wait list for the group coaching because, like I said, I will be doing some extra little goodies for the people on that wait list, okay? We will see you later. Have a fantastic week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.